We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how are we doing? Mikhail's staying in Brooklyn, Nick. That's what the reports say. We're going to jump to that and plenty more. Make sure you check the Buzz on all streaming platforms. Also, give us a follow on Instagram at Brooklyn Buzz Pod. But, Jack, we got that report literally a couple hours after I recorded a podcast about trading Mikhail Bridges. So, it's, I mean, look, you guys did a great job. You and Ryan dived deep, and it was still good to listen to. And, look, it could still happen theoretically. Yeah. I think that that possibility is still out there. There could be misleading stuff. We've heard that you know the Blazers are in no mood to sort of trade Damian Lillard, but that could be posturing from their part as well. So you read into what you will, but I think from what we have heard and and pretty credible reports in Alex Schiffer, who is one of the best Nets beat reporters, Brian Lewis as well, and again from John Hollinger, those people were all at like draft combines and different things, so hearing all of it as noise. I put out a tweet, I get destroyed, and I'm going to be apologizing for that. Don't worry about that. I'll apologize on this platform, and I apologize on my Twitter platform as well for even thinking about trading Brooklyn Bridge as one of my favorite players to put on a Nets uniform. But in saying that, Nick, what was your reaction to hearing this? Because I think you can still, like the, the whole Scoot Henderson train, I might have been listening to a couple of draft pods, trying to do a little bit of prep for, for our draft shows coming up. So I got a bit high on the Scoot Henderson bandwagon. But in saying that, Brooklyn Bridges staying in Brooklyn, how much do you believe it and what is your reaction? Yeah, I think it's pretty likely. I think it was always pretty likely unless the Nets got an offer they couldn't refuse, you know, based off of, you know, their comments and what we've talked about over previous podcasts is, you know, the Nets want to stay relevant. Josiah wants a winning team. You know, the Liberty obviously have a super team and they're making headlines. They kicked off their home opener with a splash today. So I think Mikhail Bridges he, was there. Yeah, Mikhail Bridges was there. So I think they want to kind of continue that. You know, Joe Sy doesn't seem like a guy that wants to be in a rebuild. We've talked about Sean Marks and how he's likely not to last until these guys, you know, come to fruition or draft those future picks. So I think it makes a lot of sense for the Nets to, well, I mean, I guess from the eyes of Sean Marks, for the Nets to contend or try to be the best team possible on the floor. And based off of Joe Sy's personality and what he's looking for and the comments we even got from Sean Marks and the presser after the season, it makes a lot of sense for them to not trade Mikel and rather use their picks to improve the roster. 
Yeah, you look at the offers that were garnered around. Memphis Grizzlies, four first-rounders. And I believe there were other teams out there. It might have been Houston or somewhere. I can't remember who it was, but I definitely know that Memphis Grizzlies. There was a rumor that uh, Houston offered the swaps back to the Nets for Mikel. And look, so those are two teams that you know we're hearing rumors around. Former Brooklyn Net James Harden going back to Houston. You know the Memphis Grizzlies trying to find that coveted wing that they've so long sought after. But the Nets have maybe the best one in the league when you look at both his talent and his contract. And both of those things married together is a, a prime A asset that is worth maybe beyond four picks. Maybe it is his value is just exceeding that. And in terms of the character stuff that we know Sean Marks loves, the culture stuff, you know, Mikael Bridges, he fits every single little box that you want to tick other than being your Kevin Durant, your Nicole Jokic, your Joel Embiid's sort of level tier one superstar, you know, Mikael Bridges might be tier two, tier one B, whatever you want to sort of put him in. He's not there. And that's why personally, you know, the, I've got into like, well, can Scoot Henderson be that? That's why part of me was in in the the frame of thinking of like, well, if the Nets can get a guy that can be that in three, four, five years time, I've heard people call Scoot Henderson the best guard prospect they've ever seen. And look, again, I don't know the draft as well as a lot of other people. It's why I got caught in onto the hype. I guess Nick, I'll ask you before we move on to some other stuff. If the Nets were, had a guarantee of getting Scoot Henderson, which again, isn't a guarantee because if I were the Charlotte Hornets, I would draft Scoot Henderson. If the Nets had a guarantee to get Scoot Henderson and you all you had to give up was, say, Mikhail Bridges, and that's that's it, do you have... Do, do you make... Do you at least to and fro about it and at least have the discussion? Yeah, I think you have the discussion. I think you negotiate. If you're being objective, just looking at the situation, like you said, Scoot Henderson has the potential to be a top 10 player in this league. You know, that's just the potential he has. There's no guarantee he's going to hit that potential. He could end up being a bust and not a great player. And like you said, it's also somewhat likely that the Hornets draft him. And then it's Brandon Miller at number three. And I think that's less enticing than Scoot Henderson. You know, Brandon Miller, some off-the-court stuff and different things like that. And, you know, another thing for Mikel, like you mentioned, the character stuff. And the PR nightmare the Nets have had the last three seasons, you know, having a... um a guy like Mikel Bridges as the face of your franchise does do some work for fans. And I think it also would be not a tough sell, but not an easy sell for the Nets to go into full rebuild after what just happened and without their picks. No, I, I agree with that. And, and, and look, I think we're all allowed to change our mind and have different thoughts here and there at different point in time. You know, when it was the end of the season, I'm like, do I even want to make the playoffs? And then I was all in on it. So it's just like the, the fan experience, the podcasting experience, whatever you want to put to it, can be different. And look, it's again, emotional. It's a, it's a, a hyperbolic emotional ride up and down but i'm all in on the brooklyn bridges experience i can't wait to see what he becomes next season this off season i'll be all in on the content that's coming you know we'll have to get some merch together if we're getting this guarantee that you know mikhail bridges is, is going to be here for a long time there's already some good stuff out there but i'm happy nick i'm all in on it keep clacks sign cam j and then you know we've had the damien little discussions you had them in thoroughly so listen to that episode with ryan nick dive deep into that any other final mikhail bridges thoughts nick before we get to uh, another rumor around trading but this time pertaining to maybe some other wing players the nets have yeah i think you know at the end of the day it still could be a level of smoke so i wouldn't completely rule it out it just seems less likely and then if you put all the pieces together of the puzzle it seems unlikely yeah, you have to sort of 
know who this who the news is coming from what the news is to be able to put it all together and given we've had these discussions a lot about you know the source of the news when it came to the kevin Durant and kyrie irving stuff you know if it's coming from Woj, it's going to be coming from sean marks if it's coming from shams it's coming from the players and those sort of things when it comes from brian lewis it's more likely to be coming from ownership when it's coming from alex Schiffer, it's coming from like directly at the source so it's just put those things together and it seems more than likely and um, you know nets man up who do a good job on their twitter you know it's just like well sean marks is telling us all these things we don't need yep. to overthink think it so you know if we're not overthinking it Mikhail's going to stay and maybe Damian Lillard will join and again listen to next episode with Ryan I really diving deep into the the Blazers side of things we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. But Nick, we also heard and got a little trickling from Brian Lewis, who I alluded to earlier, about the Nets likely trading Royce or DFS. And I heard this as well. I've had this in my Google, um, sorry, my iPhone's notes since like mid-April. And I'm like, ah, okay. It's also been reported by Michael Scotto, who is also pretty tuned in when it comes to Brooklyn Nets stuff as well. In terms of the Royce DFS trade possibly happening before the draft to get, quote, a proven score or rebounder, seems like fate accompli. That's surely that has to happen. Yeah, and when you connect the two reports, you know, the fact that Mikhail was likely staying and now you, you want to upgrade the roster, diversify some of the talent and the skill sets, it makes a lot of sense. I think we also had a report from a, a Cleveland Cavalier beat writer that said a Nets deal with the Cavs is pretty close to the deadline for Royce O'Neal and Isaac Okoro coming back here or something along those lines. So not surprising, you know, given the guys provide kind of a similar skill set in a way, but also the way the Nets roster is kind of built. You know, they need to add that proven score, that proven rebounder, and fill some of these holes if they want to go into next season, you know, competing for a playoff spot or potentially contending if they add a superstar like Damian Lillard. Yeah, it's interesting. Analyzing Royce and DFS and their tenure in Brooklyn, DFS, much better rebounder, defender, 
probably more flexible in terms of playing that front court position, but Royce has done that and did that quite well in the series against Joel Embiid and the Sixers. Royce, better scorer, better three-point shooter. You know, I, I think both of them are, are a little bit fluky and I three fit the three and D prototype, but I think also have to fit the system to get utilize the best versions of them. Do you have a priority on who you would rather retain? You know, I think DFS is at that sort of seventeen sort of million dollar range somewhere around that. Royce, I think, is barely ten. I mean, you might have that information. I got it right in front of, front of me. So Royce is nine point five and expiring, and his contract is not fully guaranteed this year. Dorian is three point nine, and then the following season he's four point nine, and then twenty five, twenty six, he has a player option for fifteen point three. So. Dorian gives you a little bit more security where Royce could potentially leave after the offseason. So if you don't plan on necessarily retaining him, you know, you could move him. And I think, as you mentioned, you know, maybe Dorian fits a little bit better. Royce is, you know, a bench player and didn't necessarily have the best postseason. You could probably say the same thing about DFS as well. So I think it also could come down to who's getting a better offer. You know, who else are you bringing back in to? You know, are you able to find a power forward to fit that starting spot? Or is it easier to find, you know, this five-tool, six-man like Royce O'Neal? Yeah, hyper. look, at, and those are questions that we can maybe dive deeper into. Like, you've done some pretty good work in terms of analyzing players that could be available for trade, and we might do some real deep dives into that episode. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts and going back and forth on that. But in terms of the Isaac Okora, because that... There was, we speak about smoke and fire and such, that was there and that was reported by, you know, credible sources. If the formalities of it were to be sort of that, I threw out probably maybe something that was a bit too much because I would love to have Jonathan Kaminga on this team, Royce O'Neal for Jonathan Kaminga. If the Warriors, you look at the, the teams that are wanting to contend, maybe Dallas does something in terms of, you know, wanting to get DFS back. These sort of teams that are looking for, guys and looking for assets that are fit the prototype of a Royce O'Neal or a DFS, the Nets are in a decent enough position to have those guys and because of their contracts and because of their play, they would fit pretty well on a lot of contending teams. Now, does an Isaac Okoro, Jonathan Kamingo, like what sort of entices you? Now, neither of those fit really the rebounding scorer types, but in saying that, I think it for me, it's just about getting guys that are talented and good basketballers. Like, rebounding scorers, like, yes, rebounding is important. Yes, scoring is important, but I think you just increase the talent in any means necessary. And if Damian Lillard's the scorer, like, you don't need to trade DFS to sort of get Cole Anthony or something. But in saying that, Cole Anthony at the Barclays Center for the Liberty game. In saying that, Nick, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit. Do... Uh, do certain trades make sense for the Nets, whether it's a Coro, Kaminga, et cetera? Yeah, I think if the Nets can't land that star, you know, getting young players with upside, that could still potentially help you win now and develop even further. You know, Kaminga's a guy that's shown a lot with Golden State. He wasn't in the rotation in the playoffs, and, you know, obviously that upset him. There's been reports that he could request a trade. I think Isaac Okoro, to an extent, has kind of been a bust for Cleveland, so I think his value isn't really too high. Like, he's a guy that is the reason that they're searching for a new small forward. You know, it was kind of given that spot, hasn't able, been able to step up. His three-point shooting has slightly improved, but the volume really isn't there. His offensive game is limited. You know, he's a good defender, has strength, but um, I don't think the asking price for him would be too much. And I think that's where I wonder with the Cleveland Cavalier deal is like, what are they sending back? Is it just him and some second round picks? Is that really, you know, great for the Nets? I don't know. I think Jonathan Kaminga is more enticing, but obviously you'd probably have to give up more, potentially one of the Nets first round picks. And maybe that's a trade you make because maybe you think he has more potential than whoever you would land in one of those spots. 
Yeah, I, I, look, Jonathan Kaminga is a guy I would absolutely love to have. Zach Lowe loves him, so that's usually a pretty good yeah. uh, thing to have backing you up. Yeah, and Jack Manuel and Nick Fay love him too. And <laughs> and those are two good names to, to go towards as well. I just think that he's got so much untapped talent and potential. And we've sort of seen, when given opportunities, guys like Mikhail Bridges, Joe Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie have flourished in the Brooklyn Nets system at varying points in time to varying degrees. Now, obviously, Mikhail Bridges to a much higher extent. Give Jonathan Kaminga an opportunity and get let him just play and let him be you know a natural basketball and just utilize his talent rather than sort of fit not the rigidity, but the system of what Golden State basketball is, where you know other guys who are a bit more heady with more experience fit them and fit their timeline. Now, the Cavs one intrigues me because Jared Allen went to Cleveland and then Carlos Alberto followed him. It seems to me they really like to pick up guys that have relationships with their current players. Mm. Royce O'Neal and, and Donovan Mitchell have really strong bonds. So I think if you're playing, if you're Sean Marks and you're on the phone to Cleveland and you're going, all right, well, give me a first swap. Give me three seconds. You you try and you you have the asset. And I think the Nets are in a good position here because they have two guys, not just the one. It's not just DFS and his skill set. It's not just Royce and his skill set. It's both of those guys. And if you end up having to keep them, it's not the worst thing in the world either. It's certainly not the best. And you want to diversify you know, the talent on the roster in terms of the skill set. But I think both of those guys I wouldn't hate to have on the Nets next season either. So I think the Nets are in a pretty decent spot in terms of their positioning and how they acquire different talent, young talent, scoring talent, rebounding talent. I think the rebounding thing is can be a little bit overblown because if you make your shots, then you just you don't really have to rebound a lot. And that's where scoring matters more. I think at the end of the day, scoring is the premium, especially, you know, three level scorers. And I think Kaminga has potential to be that. Isaac Okoro is shown he can be a one level scorer like yeah, yeah. what 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 can he be but maybe the nets prioritize development you know behind and the he scenes is still young you know very gross. young yeah very very young so look those are two names we can discuss you've, you've thrown out some other different proposals give me like a, a little quick hit of, on, of maybe some other names that could make sense and other packages that could make sense before we finish off with the return of the bs report yeah i think uh, one guy that makes a lot of sense and i think would come cheap is zach collins uh, he played really well for the Spurs at the end of last season. Obviously, they were tanking, but I think he is a guy that's really just had to stay on the floor. And you could probably convince me you could send Patty Mills and some second round picks to San Antonio and land Zach Collins. And Patty's happy to go back there, can be that leader for them. You know, we know the Nets and Spurs have a great relationship. And Collins could potentially be a guy you play alongside Clax, could also be a stretch five off the bench. You know, three-point shooting hasn't been amazing, but it's there is definitely a shot there. So I think he'd be a guy I'd look at. Um uh, Isaiah Stewart, you know, guys that maybe there's not room or there's not necessarily potential for them to become the player they need to become. You know, Peyton Pritchard be another guy I think that you could potentially look at. He's not necessarily a scoring or a rebounder, but could be your backup point guard. And then if you wanted to get maybe into some of the bigger names, you know, Markel Foltz comes a free agent next year. You know, maybe there's some more on tap potential there. Uh, Keldon Johnson would be super ideal. Not really sure what the Spurs are going to do with him. Brandon Clark could be another name that you're looking at coming off a torn ACL, but they need to fill in that Dylan Brooks slot. And then uh, a guy that we've talked about a lot in the past, PJ Washington, he's a restricted free agent. So that's a little bit more complicated, but those would all be kind of guys I'm looking at that have potential upside, but also could have a positive impact right off rip. 
Yeah, and we'll discuss those names probably in a bit more detail in some trade shows yeah. and draft shows and off-season shows. And I'll throw one more out there. I don't know the viability of it at all, but I think a Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah. Um, is is a name I would absolutely love and fits a lot of the, you know, he, he can score. I think his contract can... is too perfect for them to trade him. Probably. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it pans out because, you know, there's a lot of talent in Orlando um, and how they choose to prioritize the development of their guys going forward it could be interesting. But in saying that, Nick, let's finish with the BS report. And we <laughs> heard from Ben Simmons' agents uh, that he's excited about his ability to return to form next year. So this year, this uh, this segment's BS report brought to you by Ben Simmons' new agent. So, and obviously, I also heard and you know, heard trinklings about, you know, the Nets, uh, so the, the Australian national team and our. Uh, our coach Brian Gorgian saying how Ben seems to be really prioritizing his body and all those different things. How do you feel about Ben Simmons, Nick? You know, it's kind of one of those things where like, it's great to hear, but we don't really believe it until we see it. You know, we need to see Ben back on the court, being healthy, being engaged and having that competitive spirit and that want on the floor is going to be something that says a lot. And it'd be really ideal if he plays for the Australian national team so we can see him early and kind of have a better gauge of maybe where he's progressing. You know, last year, early in the season, there was some positive signs, but they fell off very quickly and we kind of never saw them again. Yeah, I think... Look, I, I don't know the likelihood of seeing him because the, the games are going to be happening in August. I hope to go to a couple. And look, the Boomers look bloody great. Our, our guards are going to be incredible. You know, Dyson, Daniels, Josh Giddy, these sort of guys. But in saying that, I, I digress. In terms of Ben Simmons, if he can get out there for a little bit and show us some something... Like it would be, you know, just great for him. I think the the boomers environment is something that really cultivates and uh, guys love. Matisse Thibel loved it. Like he posted fourteen different videos on his YouTube channel about, you know, the the boomers squad. So that'd be a great opportunity for him to showcase his stuff. But you know, we're seeing the classic Ben Simmons Instagram thing, posting about the Sixers, you know, posting himself at the different universities in Miami, Los Angeles, and stuff. It's just like, all right, man. Like we, we know the script here. Like let's see. You know, actions speak louder than words. And we saw, like you alluded to, varying degrees of actions, but how sustained can it be? That's going to dictate Ben Simmons' future in Brooklyn and in the NBA in general. Simple as that. Yeah, and I think playing on the national stage or playing in, like, you know, against other teams that might necessar- not necessarily be as talented as NBA teams is great for Ben because it could help him build up his confidence. And obviously that was that's been an issue for him for a while now, not just last season. So seeing him really have some po- positive momentum would be huge and give you a sense of confidence. But again, you still wouldn't really believe it until you saw it for an extended period of time on an NBA court. So it's kind of still up in the air for Ben. And it's a pretty big deal what type of season he has given his contract on the nets and if they could potentially move him in the future or maybe he becomes an all-star again i don't really know i I, he's pretty unpredictable in my opinion and it'd be hard to have a lot of faith in him and a lot of confidence that he'd be that guy next season we'll wait and see nick yeah jack anything else before we get out of here Nah, just good to chat with you. We'll get into some more off-season stuff. You're doing a great work. We'll do some more. Hopefully get a few guests on as well. Always fun doing that sort of thing. But plenty of stuff happening in Nets world, and we'll be covering it all. Yes, sir. Always a pleasure, Jack. Big thanks, everybody. Listen, check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale 
at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.